With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everyone, welcome into the BT Powerhouse podcast. As always, my name is Thomas Bendit and I will be your host for today. Our topic, we have a, a really fun topic today. You only get to do it once a year. It's our first set of Big Ten Power Rankings for next season, and we're going to be breaking them down from top to bottom. Uh, There is some controversy with these picks, so it should should make for an interesting discussion. (laughs) I'll I'll put it that way, and I'm hoping to have sort of a a hot debate on this show. We'll see if, uh, if we do get that, but, you know, a lot, a lot to chat about, and, you know, if you're wondering about you know, when are we going to get some thoughts on, you know, the roster attrition, these NBA decisions, so on and so forth. I'm hoping to get into a little of that at the end of the show. If we don't have time, we will have a podcast dedicated to that. And we're also hoping to set up something fun for our 100th podcast, which will be our next one. But, you know, we'll, we'll see how things shake out, I guess. But the, the big news here for today is we are going to be breaking down what we think next year's Big Ten looks like, specifically going off of my way too early Big Ten power rankings, which were released early this week in light of the Big Ten's elimination from the 2017 NCAA tournament. But um, to help break it down for us, we have uh, Casey Bartley from Hammer and Rails, and he's he's supposed to be a little of the the contrary position here. Uh, Casey, how's it going? Uh, Not bad. How are you doing, Thomas? Doing well, doing well. Ex- excited to have you on, and we have we have a fun topic today, which I'm sure you are uh, all fired up to to hate on me about. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, we're gonna get into uh, my way too early Big Ten power rankings. Talk about next year's Big Ten a little bit. Um, before before we get into this, uh, Casey, any final thoughts on sort of Purdue's season and and the Big Ten at, at large uh, as they get get eliminated from the NCAA tournament? I think it was a uh, it's a pretty perfect representation of what Coach Matt Painter has done well at Purdue since he's got there. His player development is as good as anyone in the nation, really. What Caleb Swanigan turned himself into, and even the smaller pieces, Dakota Mathias became a thirty minute a night player and you know an all defensive team player after two years of being a complete defensive liability. And mm-hmm. just, you know, bottom top of the roster, everyone improves on our painter every year. And we finally didn't lose in the first week of March, so <laughs> progress headed forward. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good sign. Um always good to avoid the upset. But uh but with that, let's let's move on. I mean there's still plenty of things that will develop between now and next season, obviously. You know, there's the NBA stuff, the transfers, um, but Let's dive into next season and specifically get to these way too early Big Ten rankings. I'm just going to start going down from the top. Uh, I have Minnesota number one, Maryland number two, uh, Michigan State three, Northwestern four, Iowa five, 
uh, six Michigan, seven Purdue. And sorry, this is going to take a little bit, but eight Wisconsin, nine Illinois, 10 Indiana, 11 Penn State, 12 Ohio State, 13 Rutgers, 14 Nebraska. I will note this was made before Ed Morrow transferred from Nebraska, so they are a firm, solid 14th now. Um, Casey, uh, I assume there's one that sticks out to you, but uh, any any first reactions to these rankings? Any any first reactions to what you kind of see next year's Big Ten looking like? I mean, why do you hate Purdue? <laughs> I mean, obviously, you just hate us. Like that's true. That's true. My hatred runs deep. Like this. Uh, <laughs> okay. No. I I think this last year is it's hard to tell going forward because the Big Ten was down and it was down for some weird reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, injuries. Some recruits didn't quite pan out. Whatever happened in Madison for part of the year, Minnesota <laughs> coming out of nowhere. There are a lot of little strange pieces, and, I mean, I guess the thing that you must think, I'm assuming, is without Caleb Swanson, everything falls apart for us, um, well, because I, that's all Purdue's losing. Yeah, um, well, I'll, I'll start with uh, my, my first point. Um, as far as an overall uh, – Point on the Big Ten. I think the Big Ten is going to be considerably better next year, especially at the top. Um, so I, I, I would start with that. I, I think this year, I mean, the Big Ten got three teams to the Sweet 16, um, but I, I think we all know they were they were pretty fortunate to have that layout. I, I think the Big Ten really, I mean, what they had two, maybe two and a half top 25-ish teams this year, depending on what you made of Michigan or Maryland's. Um, throughout the season. I, I think really the only legitimate top 25 teams all season were Purdue and Wisconsin. Um, next year, I, I think it's going to be a lot different. I mean, you start with just all the, all the talent returning, all the, all the teams that were so young this year um, that should, I mean, if you look at teams like Maryland, Minnesota, Iowa, Northwestern, um, it, it would be pretty shocking to see any of those teams take any step back um, from last year, uh, you know, just, can just we, on the face. Oh, go ahead. Can we talk about Minnesota first? Because I think that yeah, really is sure. st- like stands out to me even more than anything. Okay. Why do you think they're so good? I um, know they got well, hot in first, but their offense was like the 78th best, according to Ken Baum <laughs> last year. And they yeah. only add Isaiah Washington pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd start with the fact that I think they have three uh, – I hate to use this because it's kind of an unfair comparison, but they have sort of their own big three. I mean, you have Nate Mason who should be – I mean, it, it's going to be hard to pick two or three guards better than him, at least heading into next year's Big Ten, I would think. Um, you have Coffee on the wing who is uh, – I, I think he could be an all-Big Ten guy next year. I mean, he had a great freshman season. Um on, on paper, I mean, elite prospect. He should take the next step, you would think. And Lynch, obviously, he had foul trouble, and I'm assuming that will continue. But he he was still so productive and such a force around the rim that I, I think that's huge. And the two other things, you know, you brought up uh, Washington. They're, they're bringing in a, a really nice recruiting class in terms of what they have for this – for next season, I should say. Um, 
And a lot of their backups were freshmen. Um, sorry, my computer is totally uh, freezing up here. Um, a lot of their backups were, uh, were young freshmen who, you know, if you assume they're going to take a step forward, they should be able to push for more minutes. You should get more and more efficient bench production there. Um, I, I do it. It scares me a little bit putting them that high just because a lot of the, you know, this is what I put in the post, you know, for anyone who wants to read it, it's up there uh, on BT powerhouse. But the thing that does scare me is a lot of the same pieces are coming back. And I think typically it's hard to take another step forward when you have virtually the same roster. Um, But I, I I think that bench should be uh, more productive this season and and Fitzgerald as well. We shouldn't forget about him. Texas A&M transfer. He missed the whole season uh, with injury. Um, He's another bench piece they'll have there. Not that I think he's going to be an all big 10 guy or anything, but you know, more depth. I I think they're going to be a deep team. And I, and I think having that three punch with Mason coffee and Lynch is going to make them a, uh, a top contender in in next year's big 10. But I I assume you, you think different, different. (laughs) Nate Mason shot 37% from the field. He's not Fair that enough. good of an offensive player. That's awful. I mean, the th- the thing is though it's is awful. He, he, <laughs> but I mean, he was still a pretty productive really player. Bad. I mean, great passer. Didn't turn over the ball that much. Uh, got to the free throw line relatively well. Um, I I will say I didn't think he was as good as the top. You know, I I thought Walton was better than him. I thought Trimble absolutely uh, was better. better as him as, as well. But I I still I mean. If I if I'm doing a draft of next year's Big Ten, uh, I mean, who who are you picking over Nate Mason? Maybe McIntosh. For what? A point. We'll say point guard. Uh, McIntosh. Probably the off guard for Maryland. I can't think of his name right now. Uh, Anthony um, Cohen. Uh, Herder. Yeah, I think it's Cohen. Yeah, Cohen. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't, Mason's good, but, like, it's a little overstated. Like, his numbers, he would get hot occasionally, but, like, 37% is very bad for the main guy who's taking shots. And Lynch played 23 minutes a game. We should have a rule that the Big Ten defensive player, A, shouldn't be able to foul out in eight games. B, should have to play more than 25 minutes a game. Yes, yeah, when he's I mean, on the floor, absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. But he can't stay on the floor. That's that's, that's like a fair minutes I, is barely more than half. <laughs> I will I will definitely agree that uh, the, the his foul stuff concerns me. Mason is obviously uh, he was more of a, a volume guy than he was a um, efficiency guy, obviously, and and that's one of the reasons you know I I got some Minnesota fans angry because I kept saying Walton was better, and that's the reason why I thought Walton was better was he's just so much more efficient, um, but. I, I just I, I like the pieces and I and I like the fact that um, you know maybe maybe it depends on your opinion of Patino I guess but I, I like the fact that so many of those role players are so young and theoretically should take a step forward I mean outside of you know that big three I was talking about which Coffee is a fre- was a freshman last year so he should take a step forward you would imagine um, but Murphy was an underclassman McBrayer was an underclassman. Uh, you have Curry and Hurd on the bench, who are both freshmen. They're bringing in Washington, who should be able to pick up a lot of the minutes Springs played last year in the backcourt. Um, 
I, I like them. I think they're going to take a big step forward. Will, will I have them at number one by time the off season ends? I'm not sure just because uh, we'll see. I, I have a feeling they might, they might get a hit a little bit with the attrition bug, but we'll see. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's what I'm, Oh, go ahead. You're saying you like that they're returning young guys. Mm-hmm. Purdue's returning old guys. I would much <laughs> rather have that. See, but but my thing though is that like, if you return a junior or a senior, they're basically gonna be what they were last year, nine times out of ten. Whereas, you know, if you're returning a guy off, I don't of, know if that's true. Well, I mean, what they're still twenty-one, twenty-two-year-olds. Like they still have a lot to learn, a lot to. That's another year of being, you know, under the tutelage of an athletic department that knows what they're doing. I mean, I, I could see that argument, but I mean, if you're looking for a guy to take a significant step forward, I'm not picking a junior who's played three years in the big 10. I mean, I'm picking a guy who has played sparingly in his freshman season uh, every time. Sure. But that's, but you're falling under the, like, it seems like the potential that they could be better, yes, because they're young. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. like, Purdue's already better. Their guys are already there. Um, some of MSU's guys are already closer. I just think Minnesota is so – it is potential, and there's a lot but, to like, a lot of athleticism, but they don't well, have shooting. Well, the the thing for me, and, though, and is – Team Springs really hurts there. Mm-hmm. The thing for me, though, is that that potential is not – they don't – they would still be uh, – I mean, again, I don't want to speculate, but if those freshmen are the same guys, they're still an NCAA tournament team. It, because the, the three, you don't even have to assume those guys improve, like, at all. And you're still a pretty good team, which is why all of that is just kind of gravy. Because all those freshman guys, besides coffee, obviously, um, are theoretically going to be bench guys next year unless they push a starter out of a job which i mean for minnesota is only is only good news uh that that's my my feeling there i i think you could make that argument uh as far as the experienced proven guys versus the young unproven maybe more with maryland just because um those guys have to start like they have to be the stars of the team if if they're going to do anything especially with uh with trimble gone um but yeah, yeah. So that that's where I'm I'm sitting on Minnesota. Uh, but let let's jump to Purdue. Obviously, there's a lot of uh, we have a lot of disagreement as far as the Boilermakers are concerned. <laughs> um, yeah. So I I have Purdue at seventh, and um, I know I got into this a little bit earlier uh, before we jumped into Minnesota. But I I, I want I think predicting next season, you always have to start with what what was the team this year, uh, you know because you really can't adjust or project anything unless you know what you're starting with. And obviously Purdue won the big 10, but as I was saying, I think the big 10 was pretty weak at the top, which I I think you would agree, at least from a historical perspective. I mean, I I went back, I want to say five, six years or so. Um, If you, if you're a believer in the Ken Palm ratings, which I know you brought up Ken Palm before, so I assume you have some. I love Ken Okay. Okay. So you're, you're with me. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know if I agree that with that, but uh, um, but yeah, if, if you go back, <laughs> um, if you go back with uh, with Purdue, who finished uh, well, 
okay, they didn't finish. I guess we still have two more or three more college basketball games this season. Um, but as of now, assuming there isn't any, aren't any changes, um, they finished 19th on the year. In a typical Big Ten year, that would have put them about third or fourth in the conference. So I, I, I think the first thing it, from my perspective is you have to start with that, you know, did Purdue finish first? Yes, absolutely. Totally deserve credit. They won the Big Ten. They won the game, games that were before them. But I, I think if, you're, if you assume next year the Big Ten, the top end, is improving, they're really more of a third or fourth place team in an average year. Um, and if you start with that and then you subtract Swanigan out from there, um, that's, that's where I think the drop from a third or fourth to a seventh isn't as crazy as obviously a drop from a first to seventh. But uh, I'll, I'll give you a chance to, to respond to that my concept or thinking there. First of all, the 19 is a little misleading. Like we dropped six places from the Kansas loss. It was but, such a staggering one game that, but that we game dropped count, severely. It does, but I mean, one game in March is a little hard to say where we went from being, you know, a top, 16, 15 team all year to the 19th best team in the country. Also, I I think it's a fundamental – Caleb Swanigan was a very, very good basketball player. Mm. He is the best Purdue Boilermaker since Robbie Hummel, and he's one more. But at the same time, a lot of our problems this year were created off of we weren't a very good defensive team when Haas and Swanigan were on the floor. And a lot of that is because Swanigan was not a good defensive player and neither was Haas. And it's really hard to hide two different slow guys on defense. So just the loss of Caleb defensively and only having one big guy on the court, I think will keep our defense in the top 20. And then our shooting around him and just Vincent Edwards' um, explosion late towards the year, Dakota's continued uh, improvement. Plus, we just have shooters everywhere. Regardless of whether Biggie's on the floor or not, we will have three or four shooters everywhere. And I just think the, the experience we bring back and this recruiting class at Purdue, which is, I mean, five players deep, we bring in, you know, athleticism that we didn't have. We're bringing in a 6'6 guy at Nojo Eastern who's a 67th ranked player in the nation, um, who's a 6'6 point guard. We're bringing in two different 6'8 wings, and Aaron Wheeler and Eden Ewing, who's a sophomore redshirt transfer. And I think, I don't think we drop off at all. In fact, I think we get better regardless of the Big Ten getting better or not, Purdue itself as a team will be better next year. Um, yeah, I, I will definitely start with the fact I completely disagree with uh, Purdue gets better without Swanigan next year. Um, I, I think maybe they get deeper, uh, you know, with the addition of that recruiting class, maybe some of the Edwards developing theoretically. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, but – I mean, the, the thing for me is uh, I, I feel like you got to have a dominant player if you're going to be a, uh, a legitimate Big Ten title contender, which, I mean, I, I guess you could say uh, 
they, you know, to finish third or fourth, they don't have to be a legitimate title contender, I guess, in theory. Um, but, I think Haas is a dominating offensive player. He was the best player in the first half against Kansas. See, the thing for me is I, I feel like Haas, I mean, to start off with, you did, you did criticize Lynch a lot for limited playing time. Haas, Haas plays pretty limited minutes overall. I mean, yeah, uh, because he plays limited minutes because he was playing behind the national player of the year. Well, just just like for, for some, just for some perspective here, uh, in the final one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games of the season, he never played twenty minutes once. Um, just for some perspective, uh, I I think he's relatively limited. I think it's a fair point to say you know he played behind Swanigan, that's why he didn't play. But I mean. Haas has a lot of problems finishing at the basket, in my opinion. Uh, I think he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. I, I think he's a solid one. But, you know, when he has to play, try to play 25-ish to 30 minutes a game, which, I, I mean, do you, do you believe he can play 30 minutes a game? I guess let's start with that. I think anywhere from 25 to 30 minutes will not be a problem. Okay. I'm, I'm just curious. I, wa- I want to look through and see um, – his season high was 27 uh, this season. Obviously, Swanigan was still on the roster, um, but just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, see, I, I think he's going to have a lot of trouble playing 30 minutes without playing tentatively on defense, which I feel like takes away a lot of his advance, or upside, so to speak. Um, so I'll, I'll start with that. Uh, and, I mean, I, I feel like the best shot Purdue has at, at having, like, a big-time star next year, as odd as it sounds, I almost feel like it's Carson Edwards, just because, again... What are you defining as star, though? I mean, that's... You don't have to be a star. You can be a star in different ways. That's... Yeah, that's fair. Maybe you're on the yeah, I mean, I... Like, for me, I'm talking, like, all Big Ten player. And, again, as I said, I do think the Big Ten overall will be better. So, make like, keep that concept in mind, where I'm coming from. Uh, because I, I feel like Vincent Edwards, he's a really nice player, but I don't, I don't think he's going to be a first-team all Big Ten guy. I, I really don't. Um, I, I feel like Edwards, he has the high ceiling where, theoretically, he could blow up. Um, you have any thoughts on on that or disagree? Agree? I, I don't think you have to have like a first team All Big Ten guy, especially when we're going to start four seniors, and three of them are probably going to be All Big Ten. So it's kind of, and they all do different things. I think Isaac Haas one on one in the post as the focal point of an offense is an improvement over Caleb Swanigan in the post. He doesn't pass as well, and he can't stretch the floor, but he's uh, unguardable one-on-one. He, I mean, he's like you said, he only averages uh, what is it, 19 and a half minutes a game, and he scores mm-hmm. 12.6 points. Like, that's insane. His, his just, like, points per minute, when we run the offense <laughs> through him, he draws fouls at the ninth best rate in the nation, and he really doesn't foul on defense a ton. Like, he has a 4.3 fouls called per 40. So, he, so while he, he's still not mobile and he still gets in foul <laughs> trouble, he knows how to avoid it for the most part. And he'll be the only post player we have to hide this year. So he can go on the least threatening option. 
Yeah, I mean, like I like I said, I'm I'm kind of a skeptic as far as him playing the the significant minutes. Uh, and when I say that, I mean like 30-ish or so this year, which I would think Purdue needs him to play at least 25 um, to really be a, a big-time team, I would think, um, unless one of these freshmen can come in and, and really step up. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I – he, he's really productive in that limited time, but I mean, if I, I just, I have a hard time believing that he's going to be uh, this concept that he's going to be better up front than, than Swanigan was. I mean, Swanigan was a, obviously a monster. Um, what probably, I, I would say probably the best pure rebounder in the big 10, um, maybe the nation. I don't know. Um I'd have to look at I'd have to look at those numbers, but obviously just a nightmare on the boards. He could get to the line no problem, um, and I, I I think that changes the entire dynamic though. Not having him up there, um, and, and you know you talk about some of the shooters. I they shot well this year. I I don't debate that, but I I really do shot wonder well? how much we shot amazingly well. <laughs> but I I really wonder how that holds up without Swanigan going ham down low. I I really do which is one of my biggest concerns as far as uh, Purdue coming into the season. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to get the comparison here from, and I know this is a, a flawed analysis, but um, so Purdue was 73rd in three point shooting two years ago. They jumped to seventh this year. Uh, obviously those players are more experienced than they were two years ago. Uh, <laughs> but I, I just, I feel like it's, there's going to be significant regression there. And I, I think that's going to slow down the offense. And obviously Haas, Shooters if, if you're a believer. Worse. Well, they do if Shooters they have guys defending they <laughs> Our guys are still defended. I mean, I, to equate every – like we have four guys that took over 100 threes, not counting uh, – or yeah, four guys shooting over 100 threes that made over 40%. That's not an aberration or created based purely upon Biggie being in the post. Like, it's just not. Dakota is a shooter. Klein's a shooter. Vincent Edwards has been 40% for two years in a row. These guys have a track record. They've done it. You, you want to apply this potential to the young guys at Minnesota, mm-hmm. but you can't take away what established people have already done. I mean, I, like I, I, feel, like it, I feel like it's a little bit – I don't know. I, I don't know the, the term to describe this, but I, I feel like it's a, it's a little bit naive to feel like those numbers are, are the same without Swanigan in that lineup though. Couldn't you at least agree with that? Sure. They're not going to be the exact same, but at the same time, they're getting another year to be better. Uh, Haas is, you think people are going to guard Haas one-on-one in the post? Well, I mean, I, to be fair, if he was unguardable, he would have played 40 minutes a game uh, this year. I, I feel like if, if – I mean, he was solid. I, I won't dispute you there. But, I mean, he, I feel he had his flaws. I mean, I, I, I think that yeah. speaks to his minutes. <laughs> but Caleb Swanigan also had his flaws. I mean, Swanigan turned the ball over four times a game. Mm-hmm. I, he yeah. wasn't a perfect player. And the spacing I, I, was sometimes off by having two big guys on the floor. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I just, I, I, I think, I mean, to start off, like I said, I, I feel like, uh, how do I want to, how do I want to term this here? Uh, <laughs> um, I, I think the thing for me is when I'm, when I'm looking at Haas there, you know, I, I feel like it's a very, very optimistic concept though, to think that, uh, hot, like, you're losing a wooden award finalist here. I mean, it's not just a, a random big guy. Uh, and I, and I think the concept that the front court or even the center position improves without Swanigan is a pretty bold opinion. I'm not saying the front court. I'm saying our team as a whole improves. We become, we're going to look like a way different team next year. Mm-hmm. We're going to have four wing slash guards on the court almost at all times surrounded by Haas, and then, I mean, the X factor is Jaquil Taylor coming off, you know, injuries the last two years, but when he came out of high school, he was a borderline five-star player. Like, he's mm-hmm. long, and if he's healthy, he's another wrinkle to a team that's already pretty full everywhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I will definitely agree. I think the team's going to look much, much different than it did this year. Um, I, I think everybody would agree as, as far as that goes. But I, I just I, – I think the thing for me is, like, it's hard for me – I know there will be more pieces, but it, it's hard for me to think the team gets better. Um, because, I mean, if you're, if you're talking about – again, I, I know you don't agree with them being 19th. You have them more like 15th or so. But, I mean, what, what top 10 teams don't have, like, a big-time star player? I'm I'm trying to pull up here. Uh, what What do you define by a star, though? Because Dakota Mathias is a star. Defensively, he's the best perimeter defender in the conference, and he's you know was 72 at 159 from deep. He just doesn't score the ball in the same way that you think of a lot of stars. But he doesn't turn the ball over. He's a great passer, a great shooter. Vincent Edwards does a little bit of everything. I, we have. We these guys aren't just role players. They are way better than that. I'm I'm not I mean, trying to. Got, I'm 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 just for me a star is a first team con, all conference player at least in a I guess it depends on the conference but that's how I, in the Big Ten I view it as like you got to have a first team all Big Ten guy to have what for me how I'm defining a star. But I mean I'm sure that's not true. There's only five people in the first team. Like, how many Big Ten conference titles have been won by just teams with first-teamers on it? Um, like, and Vincent is a top-ten player up, in the Big Ten conference. Um, I haven't really thought about it. I, I, I feel like I, I can't give an opinion just because I haven't thought about it. Um, but uh, I feel like – let's see. Sorry, I'm, I'm totally running off track no, here. I, I know at least three of the last four years have been. I'm trying to think if uh, if Indiana had one last year, or I guess that would be two years ago now. Um, I know, Yogi like, every Ferrell, other year. Probably. Oh, yeah, yep, Yogi Ferrell. Basically, every year, the Big Ten champion. And, again, I know, uh, to be fair, like I said, you could be higher than – we're talk, I'm only talking about the champion here, but I'm pretty sure every year for at least eight, nine-ish – I'd have to look at some of these older teams have had an all big 10 player first team guy. And maybe that, but you're also, 
Oh, go ahead. You're bringing a lot of a lot of weight to like a voting system that's not very good. Dakota Mathias wasn't an All Big Ten selection last year, even mm-hmm. though he was all defensive first team. There's no but, way you can tell me he's not a top 15 player in the conference. But we we can agree the voting is very different for the top five than than the third team, though, right? Not really. No, I don't <laughs> trust half the people vote because I mean most of them watch their own team, like what I'm doing now. They're homers, and that's just how it works. They don't they don't sit down and watch every Big Ten game. Like that's crazy. True, true. They just don't do that. Yeah, so I just think basing it off of that is wrong. Do you think Vincent Edwards? is a potential top 10 player in the Big Ten Conference next year. I think he's potential. I can sit, like I said, I have to sit down and rank him out, but I, I would definitely think he'd be in the discussion for top 10. Isaac Haas. Who's a better center in the Big Ten than Isaac Haas? Better center. Um, for next year? Uh, yeah. Let's see. I mean, I personally, I think I'd take Wagner. I'd take Ward. Um, I, I don't know Ward? if I would... I, I would take Ward. I, I think he's going to be a monster next year. Um, I don't know if I would take Lynch just because of the minutes. Like I said, I, I feel like that one's pretty close. They both kind of have so that So he's minutes. top three or four. He's probably mm-hmm. right around three or four. Yep. Even second, and, depending on how you feel about Ward. And Dakota Mathias is, you know, the best perimeter defender last year probably. Um, a sharpshooter, plays smart. He's probably a top 10 to 15 guy, right? I don't know. I don't know about that one. I'd have to think about it. I'd have to think that one through. Um, I'm, I'm not quite as high on him as I think the, the Purdue fans are. Uh, but, but, yeah, I mean, Purdue has pieces. I, I definitely won't doubt. And, again, like I said, I, I think the entire – like the seventh team next year I feel like would destroy the seventh team this year. Well, I guess uh, – I'm trying to think who was seated seventh. Maybe that was uh, – I don't know, that was Iowa. Yeah, like this year's Iowa versus next year's seventh team, I feel like would be a destruction. <laughs> um, well, okay. What it, I guess the, like, the top teams, just like last year, you're going to be able to switch all those out. What I really, it's the Iowa, the Northwestern thing that bothers me. Like, I don't Iowa know what you see okay. Northwestern. Yeah, I don't know how you have them <laughs> fourth. I have no clue. Well, I mean, uh, I, I would start with the fact that they're losing Sanjay Lumpkin, who I'm not super high on. I know he's a glue guy, but Playing smart. I mean, 50th best offensive rating in the nation. Like yeah. he knows how to play basketball. I don't think he's a bad player. I just I, I I feel like if I'm ranking the important players on Northwestern's team, I don't know if I'm maybe he's fourth, maybe fifth. I don't know. I'm taking McIntosh, Lindsey Law and pardon over him. Um, and again, you know, I know you're not, <laughs> you're not a believer in, in this analysis, but again, a lot of their backups are freshmen last year. You know, Benson, I thought he had a really nice freshman season, all things considered, uh, you know, playing a, a bench role. Um, but I, I think those guys take a step forward. And, and as well, you know, they had two of their big time recruits out with, uh, with injuries this year which I, I think could move right in and, and play in starting lineups, potentially replacing Lumpkin's uh, lost minutes there. But I, I'd say that that's for Northwestern. Um, Iowa, I, I will say, which I, I think I had Iowa one spot. Oh, no, I had Iowa fifth. Yeah, I had them fifth. above Michigan. You had them fifth, above yeah, Michigan up, up. and Purdue. 
<laughs> excuse me. Um, I mean, the first and thing Wisconsin, is, is like, for that matter. I mean, I, uh, I, I will say Wisconsin, it scares me very much where I put them, but I mean, it, it's hard. Nobody has any idea what, what they're going to look like next no. year. Wisconsin um, lost everyone and they're bringing in high variable talent. That's a weird mm-hmm. call. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could see either way. Um, but obviously, uh, losing Jock is a huge, huge hit for Iowa. There's no debate huge. there. Um, huge. But uh, <laughs> um, everything for their offense. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought Bohannon really took a, a step forward uh, towards the end of the season. I, I think Cook as well was really – well, he wasn't undersold by the media, but I thought missing that time uh, put him under the radar a little bit, you know, with that injury – um, I, I think he's going to be a, a really good player for Iowa next year. And I mean, they're just, they were crazy young. I mean, everybody was basically an underclassman except Jock. Um, and again, maybe, maybe I talked about this with Minnesota, uh, Iowa. If, if I'm an Iowa fan, the thing I'm concerned about is somebody bailing. They're crazy young, but they were um, bad. They were 19, I, don't know if they, I don't know if they were bad. I think they were underwhelming, mediocre. Uh, so to speak. Um, they lost to a team called Nebraska Omaha. <laughs> I don't know what that is. They lost by nine. At yeah, home. yeah. To be to be Nebraska fair though, Omaha. I mean, who is that? <laughs> they are the the younger brother of Nebraska. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I will not argue for a second that Iowa was a a great team, a good, or even a good team last year. I don't think they were terrible or anything like that. Uh, and, and I think, I think they were a lot better towards the end of the year than they were early on. Um, but again, this is one of those teams that I think they're going to improve. I think a lot of these guys are going to turn into bigger time players next year, which I think is going to lead to a substantial uh, step forward. Um, and even, even some of the role players like Bear, I think, could could do some damage next year. But this this I will this is part of that debate. You know, you were you were bringing up the concept of potential versus uh, proven guys um, because this is obviously me anticipating improvement here because I I will totally agree. This a lot of these guys are not not proven stars uh, in the slightest. So. I, I will give you your chance here to re- uh, bash Iowa and, and tell me why Purdue is better, though. Um. <laughs> I mean, they're not good. It, like, does break down. <laughs> they had, like, one really good part, and it was Peter Jock, who was awesome, who did more on offense and drawing attention than, like, anyone in the conference, and he's gone. And their recruiting class on paper looks good. They've got two four-star kids, Connor McCaffrey and uh, Luke Garza. But those mm-hmm. are both players outside the 100, top 100. They're not athletes. They're going to struggle to fit into the Big Ten next year if they play at all. Um, I mean, they have Connor McCaffrey with two four seven sports. I've listed as a six four soft, small forward because he's not fast. Um, <laughs> and Luke Garza's like he's big and he's got some touch, but he's not going to block shots or he's nowhere near ready to be like an impact player inside. I just think that that is a limb to go out on. Jordan Bohannon's nice, but what happens when he's the only guy that's a threat with a ball in his hand? Like yeah, everyone I mean, else on 
Oh, go ahead. But I was everyone else like they've got some nice bigger guys, but like it's Bo Hannon and a bunch of unproven guys. Who's going to handle the ball for him? I mean, they're I mean, super I, long, but despite all their length, they had the 123rd <laughs> worst defense last year. Fair, Nothing yeah. I see makes me think they're a good team. I mean, I think the thing is, is for me, is like uh, the first, I, I cannot dispute at all. I mean, they, they had a, they were a weak defensive team overall last year. I mean, obviously crazy inconsistent. Um, I know if, if you read the power rankings, uh, I, I put a section in there for Iowa um, about how they, w- they would be awful, then they'd be good for like a couple games, awful, good, back and forth nonstop the entire season. Uh, but I think the thing is, though, is we also have to like uh, acknowledge, and, and maybe this is a, a dangerous concept, but certain teams do improve significantly year to year. I mean, Minnesota was horrible, horrible two years ago. Uh, you know, and everyone had Patino thrown out. He was getting fired, blah, blah, blah. I mean, they finished, what, 8-23, and 2-16 and 16 in the Big Ten. Uh, last year, clear tournament team. They make, uh, what what they make, the Big Ten tournament semifinals. Uh, obviously, they get upset in the NCAAs. But, uh, you know, some of these teams are going to take significant steps forward. And, and I think the thing is, is you have to look for – the team that, that has that potential. And uh, I, I think Cook is a potential big-time player. You know, can he replicate Jock's production? Probably not. Uh, but no, no. Uh, no, he can't. <laughs> um, uh, he took eight threes last year. <laughs> well, obviously he wouldn't be the same type of player. Uh, come on. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like Cook – can be a big time player up front. I feel like Bohannon can, and I I like that mix of guys on the wing. Um, the thing that does concern me, which I will admit, uh, is that uh, this is kind of coming back around here. But uh, I don't know if they have a star guy on that wing group, which which concerns me. I don't and think I, they know. In this, uh, oh, go ahead. I don't think they know who's good. Like, I have never seen a team with such a weird, like, percentage of minutes mix up. They have – well, that, it was like Bohannon and Jock both played 70%. Everyone else was under 60. Well, that's, that's what I was going to say is the fact that sometimes depth is, not, is a bad sign because it means you don't have a guy good enough to lock down the starter role. Uh, so that's what concerns me about that wing group. I, I really like almost everybody there, but I don't know if I love anyone in that group. But I think mm-hmm. you got – I think you got Cook and Bohannon, who are both going to be really good players. Um, obviously, my kind of guess here is one of them is going to be a, a really, really good player. Um, and I, I assume someone's going to emerge on that wing group, which may may smash me in the face uh, in, what, seven months from now. But, <laughs> we'll, uh, but we'll see. So I, I would say that's that's my analysis on, on Iowa here. But um, – I will say we are we are running a, a little short on time here, so I, I will give you what what let offer me the counter here. What what's your kind of perspective on on the Big Ten for next year? I think we we saw this last year, and the way Purdue won the conference was just by being consistent. Mm-hmm. You know, Minnesota had runs, Michigan State had runs, Maryland has runs where they were hot, but then they'd go and lose three or four. Also, sorry. To- Sorry to cut yep, you off. No, I, 
I should acknowledge I am not accounting for any schedule variations in here. We all know how important the schedule <laughs> is. I'm not accounting for that, but uh, okay, I'll, I'll let you finish. I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wisconsin was inconsistent. They would have stretches where they looked like the best team in the conference and then the worst team in the conference, which mm-hmm. I suppose is just normal for them at this point. <laughs> but Purdue is going to start four seniors, and we know what every single one of them are. And the fifth starting spot is probably going to be Carson Edwards, who on a night-to-night basis, yes, he was a true freshman sloppy last year, but also – in the Big Ten tournament, he was the best guy on the court. And he has that capability. And Purdue's main flaw has been athleticism. Caleb Swanigan, for everything he did well, was not a great athlete and could not guard the kind of players we saw in March against Kansas. Couldn't guard mm-hmm. Burton in Iowa State. I mean, every big run from both teams was based off of whoever he was guarding could just score on And Burton just took him to the hole over and over again. We are adding in wings with athleticism and bringing back players who have improved year after year under coach painter for as long as he's been there. And I would rather trust in that than the unseen potential of like a Hawkeye team. (laughs) Also a dark horse, not Purdue. I Michigan's awesome. I think they're still awesome. Like I think there is, once again, we'll see it where it's, I think it's Michigan State, Michigan, Purdue, Maryland, top tier, those four teams. And I think Minnesota could get into that group, but I haven't seen enough from those kids to think they are. But I think those are the top four the same way we talked about the top teams last year. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to trust seniority. I don't. I think there's enough to talk into that Haas will cover in the center role and all our guys will get better. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, the one thing we I should throw out as well is as much as we've argued back and forth, nobody has any idea what's going to happen, and all of us will have egg on our face by the time it's over. Uh, but I, um, I know that Iowa is going to be below Purdue and Michigan. <laughs> I know that. Uh, I, I, will, I will comment on Michigan as a, as a diehard Wolverine, which I constantly mention on this podcast. Uh, but the thing that scares me so much about Michigan is Derek Walton carried them late in the He's year. He's awesome. Yeah. And replacing him is going to be very, very difficult. Um, if, if, I, if I had any confidence, like I, I thought Xavier Simpson was all right, but if I had any uh, confidence in him, I, said, I would have had Michigan very high. But I, I just, that's a really big question I, for me. We have a Wolverine over at Hammer and Rails, and I tried to ask him, but I mixed up Xavier Simpson with Tillman, and he got all pissy because he's a girl. <laughs> but I wanted – how good is Xavier Simpson? Because it really does come down to him. Because mm-hmm. I love your recruiting class. I think Jordan Poole's awesome. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be a stud next year, especially in that system. Yeah, I, is I Tillman love- good enough to even be three-quarters of Walton? Yeah, I mean, the, the big question is totally Simpson because they got Poole, they have uh, um, Mars coming back, uh, Abdul Rachman, for those who aren't familiar with that catchphrase, uh, Wagner and Wilson are theoretically coming back. We'll see. I know they're getting some NBA talk or whatever, uh, chatter. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they need a point guard. <laughs> and 
Uh, Simpson was all right, but man, doing it 30 plus minutes a night is uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be tricky. So I, I lo- if they can figure out point guard, Michigan's gonna be really really dangerous. Um, but obviously a big question mark. But but with that, Casey, thanks for joining us. Um, I appreciate Thank the you. spirited the spirited debate and conversation. Um, any final thoughts here before we uh, let you go? I just want to fast forward through football season. I want to go back to basketball. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Uh, the statement of a true Purdue fan. Uh, <laughs> uh, but Casey, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. And uh, where can people check out your stuff? Uh, I write on Hammer and Rails, SB Nation side for Purdue. Uh, my name is C Ryan 26 on there because I'm really bad at the internet. But uh, thank you, Thomas. Had fun. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming on. It was a lot of fun. And uh, everyone, go check out Casey's stuff. But thanks again, man. See ya. Uh, for everyone, that was uh, Casey Bartley. He comes from uh, Hammer and Rails SB Nation site. Uh, thanks for everyone who listened. Um, unfortunately, we're not going to get to any of that NBA or transfer talk so far. But uh, yeah, you you got the you got to hear someone push me on these on these Big Ten power rankings. So I'm sure Purdue fans are smiling, thinking I got owned. Um, people maybe who are an Iowa fan or a Minnesota fan are probably thinking the other way. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was fun. Everyone likes it. That's what these power rankings are for is to, you know, create discussion and get things going. But with that, uh, we're going to call it a, a show here. My name is Thomas Bendit. You can follow me on Twitter at T Bendit. Encourage everyone to check out BT powerhouse. We're going to have tons of coverage on this NBA stuff, these transfer stuff, and certainly early looks to next season. And thank you, everyone, for listening to us. And, uh, yeah, we're almost at 100 podcasts. So uh, thanks again for everyone. It's, it's been fun, and, and we'll see you next time for the 100th podcast.